0: Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover five of the most interesting data breaches from this last week and one of our favorite urbans. I'm Steve. Mike. Divya. Sh-
1: shoo, I forgot. We're in that order.
0: I guess Austin first. Divya, what do you have for us this week?
2: Okay guys, so for the first story, we're going to be looking into an alt-right group in Texas. This is Texas Right to Life website exposed job applicants resume. Um, I would also like to add in that the anti-abortion group, Texas Right to Life exposed the personal information of hundreds of job applicants after a website bug allowed anyone to access their resumes, which were stored in an unprotected directory on its website. So what do you guys have to say about this one?
0: What type of unprotected directory? Was it perhaps a unprotected S3 S3 server? Or S3
2: directory?
1: it did not say, I don't think the article said, because oh. we won't have to take a shot if it's, unpro- if it's S3. So
2: it's built largely in WordPress. An unprotected WordPress directory.
1: <laughs> so, okay, so from a technical standpoint, we don't know if it's S3. WordPress used to be terrible at security. It's gotten a lot better, but there's dozens if not hundreds of plugins that may be terrible too, and that's the danger of this. So when the article says a bug i really don't i i highly doubt it's a bug i think it's an issue like a unsecured s3 directory and so therefore i think it warrants a
0: shot i uh i think that i find it interesting that this bug coincides with an unprotected directory of any kind usually an unprotected directory is not requiring a bug. It's unprotected. It's open to the public. Bugs are not allowed or needed. Right. Hmm. There goes uh, some wonderful Evan Williams for this unprotected directory. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I find it interesting that we have story after story uh, about these unprotected directories, um, whether it's Azure or S3, WordPress uh, this just keeps coming up.
1: Y'all need to know what tools you're using and how to configure it.
0: Was this a hacker or was it just a random internet citizen that pointed
2: it out? I to say it's like an internet citizen because this mm-hmm. website has had a lot of blowback with like GoDaddy pushing it off mm-hmm. of its server and they had to find new hosting places so it's a oh, so, mess. <laughs> so
0: GoDaddy first pushed them off?
2: I think they pushed them off after.
0: So this was more of like a parlor unprotected directory? It's like re- regardless of, of what you think, this is the specific
3: whistleblower website, mm-hmm. um, which is the most controversial part of the bill. And yeah, if GoDaddy doesn't want you, you should take a long, hard look at yourself and ask why, because GoDaddy wants almost anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: If GoDaddy thinks you're sleazy, then whoa.
0: What uh? What do you have for us for number two?
2: Okay, guys, for story number two, uh, this is pretty interesting. Though, so, so this is ransomware again, reevil. Their servers mysteriously went missing two months ago, and they're back on. So. We were all
0: there, and by we, I mean me and Shu and the other engineers at Hack Notice that scraped from ReEvil. We were all there when, when they turned off their servers, but um, you, like Darknet servers get turned off all the time. And, and it's not an indication that a uh, hacking group has quit. Like we saw uh, Ragnarok, They dumped their whole page and then released a universal decryptor. That's when a ransomware group quits. Or they say ransomware Batman got us and you know we'll be back, Batman. And then they, you know, so Re-Evil just turned off their servers. So I don't think anyone is terribly surprised that one of the most prominent ransomware groups is back. However, was supposed to be the, you know, Phoenix rising of Re-Evil. So that now makes me wonder, is Re-Evil now two ransomware groups or is Black Matter dead? Um, I think we're gonna have to wait to see what sort of disclosures they have to figure out which, which group is gonna be prominent.
1: Yeah, there's. We have talked about reevil. I feel like a lot recently. Things like um, some affiliate wasn't happy with. I believe that was a re- reevil where they weren't happy with something, so they released all this documentation about it. Now we're saying seeing these servers come and go. We're seeing these branches. Bottom line is, I think there's some drama going on with reevil.
0: Yeah, the re-evil, uh, the group got a lot of heat because of Colonial Pipeline and not in a good way. Obviously, the FBI took them from like a group of interest to uh, shitlist. And I think they wanted to disappear for a bit to cool off. Um, rebranding made complete sense, but I guess they maybe decided that rebranding was too much effort. Um, but if you look at it, It was on one of the hacker forums exploit that ReEvil popped back up and they started communicating again. They said, oh yeah, we're back. And we're like, you know, recruiting and doing all the the normal stuff, affiliate program marketing. It's time for a bourbon break. And today we are finishing our bottle of Evan Williams single barrel. Evan Williams is a very well-known brand but their single barrel has a bit of a cult following. Um, Evan Williams is considered sort of a uh, value brand, right? It's a lower price bourbon, but if you look at their single barrel offerings, it all comes from obviously one barrel, but the barrel is personally selected by the master distiller, um, and it's very tasty. Um, I don't know any other way to describe it, but they clearly take their best bourbons and they put them into a slightly pricier uh, package. So I'm having this um, and I'll do a tasting after Divya tells us a little bit more about it.
2: Okay, so on the website itself, it is described as Evan Williams single barrel bourbon is handcrafted and specially selected by our master Distillers, as you mentioned. A five-time winner of Whiskey of the Year, it's our most premium and decorated bourbon that measures up to exacting standards. It's uh, 86.6% proof, and it has a delicate amber gold color. On the nose, it's supposed to have a dark caramel, sweet oak and charred wood. Taste is supposed to be lush and spicy, oak with honey apple and orange notes. Um, Like,
0: you can taste a little um we've clearly been drinking this one sipping on it and i will say that uh on the nose is sweet caramel is right it smells nice pleasant there's no sharp alcohol um the taste is really what what drives it home yeah, actually there is char but in a good way it's very pleasant um in terms of flavor it so so mouthfeel and then overall quality it's very smooth um there's no sharp bite to it no sharp alcohol in terms of flavor um it is like a nice mild lasting sweetness and it's got this great body to it so it's got a little bit more it's a thicker body got a little bit more mouthfeel to it um and I would say that it's just overall pleasant. I don't notice a lot of spice on it. Um, I mainly get like, like smooth honey notes on it. i got some spice. I'm going to, I'll take one more. I don't think it's a high rye content. So it's not a rye spice. I mean, I'm not picking up a ton of alcohol, but I think any
3: spice is alcohol. It's it's all at the front.
0: Okay, so a little Hmm. heat.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But- you know, this is a very drinkable bourbon. If you had a friend who didn't necessarily like
0: bourbon and you were gonna pour something out, this is what I would pour out. For So I, I would say two things. One is for budgets, this is probably the cheapest sipping bourbon you can buy. Agree. And then as Mike mentioned, if you are getting into sipping bourbons, this is a great place to start. It's, it's you're not gonna break the bank um it is not terribly complex it's easy flavors to understand yeah Yeah. and and also it like it's a brand and it's a label you can trust plus um i've had the success of finding several bottles from the same barrel from the same from the same distributor so like i've had probably three different bottles from barrel 1578 uh and maybe i'm just getting like a really good barrel but it, like it, you know, you see it, and you get this comfort mm-hmm. of like, I know exactly what this is going to taste like.
2: I think it's also the only dated bourbon. It, it is eight
0: years, so eight, eight years is nothing nothing to uh, to to uh, downplay. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, eight years eight years for twenty five bucks. Yeah. That that's uh, that is a very good bargain. Yep.
2: All righty. So let's move on to story number three now. Um, for story number three, we have shame. <laughs> so uh, this was actually a pretty huge like news thing and it's Howard University, not to be confused with Harvard. Uh, school was not in session on this Tuesday because they detected unusual activity on the Friday before Labor Day. And I just want to point out that the CISA of uh, United States did mention that be careful because before the Labor Day weekend, there's going to be some sort of activity and hackers are going to be uh, prevalent. So that's exactly what happened to uh, Howard University. And they were hit by a suspected ransomware attack. What do you guys think about this story? So
0: Howard's uh, a well-known university. I think they're the most famous historically black college. Um, you know, and, and they're actually a, a very well-respected school. Uh, I think that um, for them to shut down, uh, that means that there was not a suspected attack. There, there was very much some serious ransomware going around. and. And honestly, uh, if you have ransomware that is spreading, you got to do it. Just, you, you have to take whatever measures you need. If that means canceling classes. If that means turning the, the network off, if that means turning off power to all the buildings. Like you you're in a situation that it only goes from bad to worse. And so I, I think they did the right thing. Um, hopefully, it's not ransomware, but if it is, you know they have to make uh, sort of a devil's bargain. Do they pay the ransom, or or do they potentially deal with days or weeks of of downtime? Yeah, these are really,
3: I mean, these are really significant disruptions. And so, you know, as as ransomware spreads, I think a lot of people think think about <laughs> ransomware prevention in terms of ROI, how much we would have to pay. But there, you need to think about it in terms of its dis- disruptive quality and in terms of uh, reputational damage?
0: Well, there's reputation, <clears throat> but there's loss of education. I mean, this is not going to end in a death, but I would not be surprised by end of year if ransomware ends in at least one death. And and I, I think that people think of hacking and computer crime as this fun little folksy thing that only happens on the internet. Um, but it, it's, it's a serious cyber, cyber attack and if it is sponsored or um, if it is assisted by state governments, uh, you know, then w- when does it go from being, you know, a cyber attack to the, the beginning of something more serious? We were at
3: DEF CON 2021 and we were in the car hacking village. So right now, you know, it's, a uni- it's, it's not in terms of the price the university has to pay. It's in the price that the students are paying in tuition you know with, with not receiving their education and it's the same thing if you if you think about something like car hacking or you think about biohacking, you know these these attacks are are affecting you can call them consumers but they're you know they're really just interested parties, civilians in in ways that I, I think have come to the forefront for the first time. It's the same thing with colonial pipeline you know the, there's there have been increasing number of ransomware attacks until it cut off. 60% of the fuel supply to the East Coast for six days, and then it was headline news, or until it stops a student from taking a course that they wanted to take, or until it stops somebody's pacemaker, or stops somebody's car while it's on the road, it's, it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, from a technical standpoint, what got what uh, what jumped out at me was, if anyone has ever worked with any sort of IT within uh, US academic institutions, they would know that each individual university is completely fragmented. Each individual department has their own network. Each lab has their own server and things like that. If they're able to basically take down multiple services across the whole university, that's a pretty impressive attack.
3: Sure, well, I mean, I'll tell you one thing from understanding some of the ways that university infrastructures work is um, shared printers sometimes jump between networks You know, and there have been a a number of attacks that are exploiting um, out-of-date printer versions to jump from network to network and spread these kinds of attacks.
0: Well, I used to sell uh, data center software and every university uh, and every company really, they use images and those images are only periodically updated. And so if you can find an exploit on one image, you can find an exploit on every computer that that image has been deployed to. So I'm I'm sure whatever they found was uh, some well-known vulnerability that was already weaponized and they were just going from machine to machine doing discovery and then just taking over each one and deploying ransomware. By
3: the way, this is only expert analysis. We are not telling anybody how to commit this crime. We're just oh, at all, you know maybe if we were gonna put ourselves in the brain of the people committing it, what we might want to do. So,
0: so I, don't do ransomware. The 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 problem the problem with, with any with any organization is that if you can exploit one computer, you can often exploit hundreds of computers. And and so that's, that's why they shut down the network. It's not because uh, it's some sort of magic virus that's going from computer to computer, it's just they were using literally the same software across the board.
2: Okay, so for story number four, credit unions demand assurances from central bank after data leak blunder. A leading credit union body seeking assurances from the central bank in Ireland that um, it leaked the home and addresses of credit union bosses. There were around 50 people who were affected by this. What do you guys have to say about this?
1: Yeah, Central Bank of Ireland. This is not some mom and pop organization here. This is uh, bad news.
0: Yeah, I I mean, obviously uh, the bosses, whatever that term is, is that an official term? Right. Like, like, If so. you own a bank, are you the boss? What is everybody looking at me for? Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm bank boss that have done various things. So I'm sure it's going to be fine. Um, but if it's not fine, these bank bosses may want to look into, uh, at this point, digital and probably physical protection. How did the blunder happen? Was it in
2: a it, it secure bucket? <laughs> It looks like it was human error, honestly, because it was like on the... If we drank
0: every time it was human error, we would be the Irish. Irish. <laughs> if you're in charge of a credit union in Ireland, you need some protections. And I didn't see anything about them giving identity theft. And here's the problem with these disclosures. Um, In the U.S., it's reasonable and customary, but not mandatory that you give out ID theft protection for a year uh, if you have a data breach. Now, a year is far too little and there needs to be better protections for the consumer, but that's only in the U.S. I've seen nothing Mm -hmm. from Ireland to suggest that they are protecting these bank bosses and and i'm not like the first to line up and say that we should give better protections to bank bosses that's that seems a little weird, but we should give better protections to everyone that has their information leaked against in, their. World. In their defense, though. I mean being being the head of a
3: credit union doesn't necessarily make you a millionaire either you know what i mean it means that you want to open strategic investments to your community like the you never know what those credit unions take home like i'm speaking from knowledge of local credit unions here in the us i don't i have no idea what irish credit unions are like but generally it's people that are a little bit more community focused it's kind of tough it it, it means you might not necessarily have the resources of a Central Bank of Ireland to protect yourself.
0: I feel like if your job title is bank boss, like you have a slightly lower amount of like empathy than others.
2: Well, they're also mentioning that many of them held keys to credit union premises. So it's, if, if you kind of like have your name and addresses leaked. Solid that might be scary. Right. I mean, like
0: physical security is obviously very concerning, but uh, obviously digital security is Mm -hmm. equally as as concerning. Uh, If they weren't worried about uh, phishing attacks and social engineering, they should be because they're going to be targeted. I mean, and and the thing is, banks are already targeted. Mm -hmm. They are one of the biggest targets because they have the money. And uh, bank bosses are at the top of that list. And so now hackers have much more information to go by.
2: Okay, so let's move on to the final story of the night. And this one is pretty oh boy. <laughs> spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, so...
0: U.S. Cybercom says mass exploitation of Atlassian Confluence vulnerability, ongoing and expected to accelerate. Anybody here surprised?
3: Not me. Are you surprised?
0: I'm not. I'm gonna defer to Shu to speak first because he's had the most years with Atlassian Confluence. Oh,
1: Atlassian, such great products. Not just Confluence, but who doesn't love Jira? such a big product that can do so many things that sprawled out everywhere the code base must be just a massive massive piece of art there's no or, way that there could
0: be they any do, didn't they join jira and confluence Did like they? i assumed when i saw confluence that this was also jira uh,
1: it, it's pr- it's probably different. I mean, Confluence is its own big, huge animal that's part of Jira. If they specifically about Confluence, Confluence, then-
0: Confluence was the annoying thing that project managers kept talking about, and Jira was the annoying thing that engineers did to not work. And we, right. Is yeah. Basically, a um chat feature called. Yeah, they had they had yeah. a, a chat. Yeah. It very brief. Yeah, what what was, it was
1: it called? I uh, can't remember.
0: It was called something like
1: Atlassian chat.
0: Also, yeah. hip oh chat.
1: My god, hip chat. Oh, yeah,
3: Hipchat. Oh my god, Hipchat. Yeah, Hipchat. Hipchat, you remember how better how much better Hipchat was than Slack <laughs> and or Discord? Oh my god. Yes.
0: I, oh I god. recall uh, setting up Hipchat. I it took a day and then I quit. I literally quit the job the next day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think in my last job, they were uh, trying to get some, some sort of chat platform, and I was like, why don't we just use Slack like everyone else? And they said, no, we have Atlassian, let's use HipChat, like my table.
0: So, I love how you can turn a chat message into a Jira ticket. That is most useful. Who
1: doesn't love that?
0: I um, find Jira and Confluence to be useful tools in the workplace. I mean, no,
3: I I mean, I agree with you. I don't necessarily think just because their products are annoying, which they are, you know, that 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 necessarily means they're gonna be breached. I'm just somehow not surprised.
1: No,
0: no. The whole thing with Jira and Confluence was, it was the cloud, but not the cloud. No, no,
1: I think this specifically is not the cloud. this is i think this is the on prem
0: but you can can have it be hosted by them as well
1: right so they've actually killed off the on-prem instance their their on-prem products they're straight cloud now as of like
0: but this was the the on-prem right
1: yeah yeah so all these companies resisting the cloud and you know who you are this is one of the risks you take Because these are, according to this, older version of software that's been found to have this vulnerability. I I don't think we know a lot of details.
0: So we've seen this several times this year. We've seen people that refuse to use the cloud running their own exchange servers. Yep running various versions of Windows and Windows-like products running, you know, Confluence. We've seen all of these on-prem systems where hackers have figured out a zero day and just mass exploited it. So Exchange was being run on private servers, so not in the cloud and it got to the point that I believe both China and Russia were just taking over exchange servers. And then we, we commented on uh, bourbon and data breaches that the FBI started hacking exchange servers to patch them to prevent China and Russia from taking them over. Like if you're going to be connected to the internet, congratulations, you're in the cloud you just might be in a shittier version of the cloud that you own.
1: Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know if these versions affected were end of life, but beyond just Confluence, if you're running software on-prem, I guarantee you there are a lot of people running software that is end of life that is no longer receiving security updates. And the longer software exists, the more time, hackers have to find vulnerabilities. True, or,
0: true, I, or, or, shoot, I mean, not that, not like I know any engineers who run end-of-life software, but I would say to the counterpoint that sometimes uh, newer software is shit, and uh, I like tried-and-true software that's been run for 10 years.
1: So tried-and-true with security holes or new software that's shit?
0: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's either old security holes or new security holes. Yeah, but the new security holes, there's at least
3: somebody whose ass is burning because they're supposed to be fucking patching that shit.
0: Well, that depends on if you're in the JavaScript community. And if oh you're, my god. Wonderful. <laughs> this has been an episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you liked what you saw today, Divya did a good job editing. If you didn't like what you saw today, then you probably didn't see this video because we got banned by Google. Uh, if you have a Bourbon or a breach, you'd like us. To cover, you can contact us at contact at